Hold on to me as we go As we roll down this unfamiliar road And although this wave is stringing us along Just know you're not alone Cause I'm gonna make this place your home Philip Phillips, home, name is song, name of the episode. Today we're going to talk about home. The brain gets depressed. Um, it's influenced by inheritance, upbringing, and uh, a lot of other complicated things. And all I'm trying to do on this show is give you information. If I don't, Keep doing that. Let me know. Suicide. That's the part I want to stop because it breaks the heart of your loved ones and it gives them pain for the rest of their lives. So I think it's very, very important that you have this information so something will work for you. I've gone through all sorts of things in 50 years. I hope this information helps, and I hope people keep listening. Why do we call this uh, Over the Rainbow? Where did that come from? Stuff like that. Well, I think I think it's a destination that people, I know Dorothy wanted to go over the rainbow, but the funny part of it is when she got there, she wanted to go home. She realized... Home is where you need to go, and I, and I want to emphasize that everyone needs to go home. What is home? Home is safe, warm, secure, maybe sharing love with another person. It's where you go, and your dog greets you, and you know you're home. In my case, it's my Roomba greets me. And... uh I guess, so Dorothy realizes that she wants to go home, that what was over the rainbow was not what she wanted, really. It's nice for a couple hours, maybe, and uh, it's just somewhere over the rainbow is where a lot of people want to go. It's a metaphor. So... A lot of people set out on goals, and they wanna they want something, some someone, something, money, power. That's what they think is over the rainbow. But I like to play something. It's not a song. If you remember, I talked about someone called NF, 
Nathan Fernstein. One day I got that name right. But I like to play something on his search album. And it's called Interlude. My most considered like successful moment of my life was the worst. The most depressed I've ever been. Literally feeling like I'd probably be happier if I was just dead. I got a number one on the billboard. My song is massive right now. Like I may never have a song this big again. My tour, I think every date sold out except one date. So I literally had everything that I'd always dreamed of happening. And I felt, I didn't feel happy at all. And so I think what happened was I spiraled really bad. Because I was like, I'm here. And if this is it, there's got to be more for me. Because if this is it, like, it's not going to work. That was an Anthony. He's talking about getting famous. He got what he wanted. He made it over the rainbow. But he's not happy. Because things can't make you happy. I thing that can make you happy, I believe, is, is one important thing. And it's not money. It's not becoming a rap star. It's loving yourself. If you love yourself, that's half the battle. Because exercise, eat right, take your medication if you, you have it, go to counseling when you need it. That's the important part because you have to love yourself like you love other people. You want to help other people out. Help yourself first. If you're happy, then other people will be happy. That's what I believe. But unfortunately, the brain is an organ like the heart or the liver or the kidney and can go bad. But basically, you don't have enough neurotransmitters to send signals in the mood center and it goes down. Boom, like your computer. Every uh, a blue screen or locked up. So it happens to your brain. So sometimes, it needs medication. Now, there are alternatives to medication. When I was in the hospital in 2009, it was a hospital that did a lot of ECT, electronic convulsive therapy. Sounds wonderful. I was scared of it. Um, but it's not like what you see shock treatment on the TV or in the movie. It's very much different than that. Uh, they knock you out, and they just sort of pulsate the brain, unscramble it, and get the chemicals flowing. Now, I've heard a lot of people swear by it. And it they don't take medicine. They just do that. Do you have to go back? I think there's five treatments or something like that initially, and then you have to go back. But people swear by it, but... I also heard other people say that they get memory loss. They don't remember things. It's not short-term memory. I don't think it's long-term memory. You forget things that happen in your life. The hardest thing I think is most people can't accept that you don't control your brain. You're a person, but your brain 
an organ that you use to have consciousness. It's just a problem that people are scared of the medication. And all I can say about that is it doesn't change you. You're still you. Doesn't make you well, there can be side effects. Side effects can be bad. The risk you could throw up, you could sleep all day because of it. Uh, you can get a headache. I had one medication where I had a headache and I just said, I don't care, I'm gonna go two or three weeks and see what happens and sure enough it turned out the, the side effects went away and the medicine started working it helped my apathy which is part of depression i hope I'll, I'll be able to show people not to be afraid that doesn't make you somebody else it doesn't make you feel weird although a side effect could but if beyond the right medicine you just feel normal, possibly a little more tired, maybe dry mouth, but what a, what a trade-off. If anyone has ever had a really bad episode of depression, it's horrible. And I want to avoid that. I want people not to have to go through that, what I went through. I want my suffering to mean something. It means that I saved somebody else. I'm suffering. That's my main goal. It doesn't change you. One of the problems is society thinks medicine, if you take medicine, then you're crazy. Crazy is a terrible word. What does it mean? We all have a different view of reality. Only God sees the truth. And so... I would call everybody crazy. Everybody has their slanted view of the world. So please don't worry about that word. And it doesn't mean you're crazy. It means an organ in your body has a problem. People should not be suffering because they're afraid of medication. At first, I hesitated to take it. I didn't understand it. So I went on and off. And in 91... New Year's Day, I went off, and I felt great, because the side effects are gone, and the medicine is just working. But the problem was, I didn't feel great that long, a couple of weeks, then I felt depressed again, and in November 1991, it all just came down on me, like, a major, major attack. I don't understand why we don't talk about it. The only talk about it is somebody shoots school children. Oh, then he has a mental illness. Why isn't it talked about? It's a pandemic, in my opinion. I think it really is, and we have to address it. It's all you see on the news is partisan, blah, blah, blah. Blah, blah, this, blah, Trump is bad, Trump is good. It's like Radio Gaga from Queen. It's all garbage politics. We should be addressing problems. And one of the biggest problems, I think, in the entire world is depression. Why does it exist? I don't know, but 
It does. And anyone listening to this show probably knows what I am talking about. So, what do we do? Well, Dorothy landed in Oz, and immediately she came down the yellow brick road and she saw a fork. Which way do we go? She, she asked the scarecrow which way to go. And I think people have that decision to make. Do we go to self-medication? Self-medicate ourselves? What I mean by that is alcohol, drug abuse, workaholic, rageaholic, gambleholic, cutters. There are people, I like to call all of this cutting. There are people that cut their bodies up so that hurts and it takes away the anguish and, and, the, and the pain of depression. A lot of people decide that, oh my God, I, I, I don't need medication. I don't need counseling. There's nothing wrong with me. That a few drinks won't help. I had a very good friend. After she lost her father, she got very depressed, but didn't go anywhere. Didn't do anything about it. But she, she did. She drank. She drank and drank and drank, and her husband tried to help her. And one day she just was laying on the couch after drinking and had a hemorrhage and died. She was only 49. Drugs do the same thing. NF Nathan, his mother, had an overdose of opiums, I believe, and it crushed him. The people you leave behind are the people that have to be in pain as well. Not just you, but the people that love you. And if you don't think anybody loves you, you're wrong. Because I love you. One of the other things we do, and we create chaos and trauma, because that's why we're good in that. We're always in chaos and trauma. So we create that so we don't have to think about our problems and their big problems. And I probably talked enough for a while, and I'd like to get really serious for a moment. Um, I think everybody's heard of Lincoln Park. I was uh, going to go see them. I was almost ready to buy the tickets, and then I heard tragic news about Chester, Chester Bennington, one of the lead singers in Lincoln Park. And I couldn't believe it. I mean, I think he had a wife and children, and he took his life. Could he have been helped? I like to think so. If I could be helped, I think anyone can. Doesn't mean you're going to be very happy, super happy, but at least manage it. So day by day, I mean, I'm happy at times. I don't think anybody's happy all the time. So don't stop crying. But anyway, I dedicate this to, I dedicate this show, this Over the Rainbow podcast, to Chester Bennington. Chester Bennington didn't make it. It left a lot of people very sad that day. This is what I want to prevent. Not just for you, but for your loved ones. So 
I will continue to show until maybe people start listening, start talking about it more. I'm coming out. I'm telling people my story, and I hope, pray that people listen. I wanted to take some time to talk about something that is very bad, at least for me, EDD, ADHD. It's a horrible thing. You see the world through a kaleidoscope. I go into a grocery store and I'm overwhelmed. I go into an airport. Oh, airport. The second I go into the terminal, my brain is shut off. I'm like trying to use those machines. Everybody else is like, have some problem. Why can't they just do it for me? I am terrified of not understanding things quickly. It just terrifies me. And that's what ADD does to you. It, you look at something or, or, or listen to someone and you just can't concentrate on it. And But yet you hear everything behind you. I heard a video about ADD that described it that we could be valuable because we hear things that other people don't pay attention to. We pay attention to everything except what we're supposed to, it seems. And a lot of times it comes out of boredom. If you're bored, I mean, so it makes relationships really rough. One thing is that I can't tell when someone else has finished the thought and then I can now start talking. It makes it really hard to have a three-way conversation. One-on-one, -on -one, I'm okay. But once I get into a group of people, I'm lost. I don't know what I'm doing. So I cut people off. They think I'm rude. I lose my job because of it. It's ironic. But it gives me time to do the show. I'll get another job. Uh, as an analyst, IT analyst, there's a lot of things out there. It's a matter of time. Well, I don't know. I've tried every medicine that I'm not everyone, but many of them. And they all seem to make me the same way, just uncomfortable and, and nervous and anxious. But I'm going to keep trying. I'm going to keep trying different ones. We're doing that. We're in this together. The other thing is, I'm scared of people. Because I know I'm going to not understand something. Or, like, I can't, I have no sense of direction. I, people point, yeah, go that way. I don't know what they're talking about. I'm a slow, methodical thinker. And it's just too quick. I don't know how, how we're going to fix it. I hope they just come up with a better medicine. The other thing, if I have time, I wanted to get into is part of the reason I'm not afraid of people is because if you remember in the Dorothy and the Lion and the Tin Man and, and uh, Scarecrow finally arrived at Oz and he was a great and powerful and mean. This is sometimes what people have a being powerful, I know everything, 
why are you so stupid? They tell me. First my impression, you're pretty stupid. Einstein had it. Is he stupid? But they saw Oz and they were afraid. Like I'm afraid. But guess what? Inside, I think everybody is insecure and needs to be stroked and needs to be great and powerful. But what we have to focus on is looking behind the curtain. Pay no attention to that man behind the curtain, he said. Well, the man behind the curtain is the real, the real you. So I encourage that you be real, no matter what anybody says. It doesn't matter if they like you. It matters if you like you. I don't want to talk too long. I heard I read something about 40 minutes is tops concentration. After that, people start fading. So just the, the fact that Everybody's the same. Everybody's insecure. Everybody needs stroking. I mean, it's just true. I mean, there might be some people are super confident, but I don't meet too many people that don't have a false self. And I'm not saying when you go to your job, you, you tell your boss here what you really think. Sometimes you have to act. Unfortunately, we don't all have jobs that we like that we can be ourselves, and that makes it worse. And uh, I probably should start winding down. Um, I guess just one other thing, I wanna make clear that depression and anxiety and OCD and all these things, they don't get better when you get older. I'm 61 and I'm still just managing it trying to be happy. I'm happy at times, but it's a lot better than being in the corner in a fetal position and incredible pain. So help me to help you take care of yourself. I think one thing is it's important to get a, a friend, and I'll talk about this more, but some people pretend to be your friend, but they just want to say bad things about you. Ridicule, bully. Bullies are attracted to people that are in pain with depression and anxiety or ADD. Uh, stay away. Run away. Don't be friends with people like that. They're unsafe. Try to find safe friends. People that like you for just like who you are. And they don't want anything from you. It's not easy to find safe friends, but I have. I know you can do it. There's such an attraction between bullies and people that have depression, anxiety, ADD. Everybody wears a fake persona like us, but don't be afraid of these people. I'm trying not to. I just encourage that you do find someone. I had a friend who was great one-on-one, but as soon as we got into a group of people, he was a different person. And we just have to be able to 
cut those people out or just talk to them one-on-one, -on -one, not in a group setting. Uh, again, we'll talk about this more run at a time. I just want you to think about that a little bit. I am going to try to keep the shows down so everyone doesn't fall asleep or lose their attention span. Uh, I just want to, if your sex, uh, sweating the small stuff, really important that you try not to, to just, uh, Worry about small things. Worry about what people say. Thanks for coming and joining me again. Come back. Subscribe, as they say. You'll know when I have the next episode. I'll try to make one at least one a week. Okay. Bye for now.